We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MPW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Park. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Theo McCrady. I deserve to be on TV. I want to Welcome in to this Wednesday edition, the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Noah McCrady, Clark Ford Studio here with you this morning. If you're in the stream, a little early start. Got a few things going on, but the show must go on, so uh, we'll talk some Ole Miss Arkansas, the Rebels and Razorbacks tonight from the Pavilion. 8 o'clock start for that one when it is pretty much a must-win for the Rebels, considering Arkansas's resume at being at home and Ole Miss sitting at 2-3 and three in the SEC currently. So we'll hit on that a little bit, some NFL stuff, including uh, some massive NFL ratings from the weekend, one game in particular, we'll get into that. Again, more coming up on the show. It's brought to you every day by the Oxford Exxon, our friends and partners there with the Oxford Exxon and all Blue Sky locations up and down I-55 throughout North Mississippi as well. They've got their uh, superstore going up in Macomb. If you're down in that area of the state, check that out. Lunch specials, five sixty nine, couple sides of bread, any size fountain drink. Again, might as well get the biggest one because it's all the same size. You get more for your money there with Blue Sky locations, including the Oxford Exxon here locally in Oxford. And Neil, tell them a little bit about Clark Ford. Yep, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio, sort of. Uh, Clark sort of. Ford's in sort of. Uh, Clark Ford's in Avery, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for our but our buddy Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. Uh, the rest is completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can use it as a barometer elsewhere. Or you can do the smart thing. Do what I've done, what uh, you will be really happy with yourself if you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You will love the product. You'll love the service. Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call, 662-257-1900. Uh, we'll have guests joining uh, later this week on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608. South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 
759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic. Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, not, Neil's taking care of his knee. That's the reason for the early start this morning. I was out of town yesterday, had a doctor's appointment for the uh, little one, and then today uh, just got a little got a little work to do medically there for uh, Mr. McCready. So that's why we're going. I think th- Neil probably slept all right last night. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, a lack of sleep. Yeah, I slept okay, if I, if I recall correctly. If you recall correctly. <laughs> I slept all right. Um, I, w- I, I watched... Um, I watched a lot of the political stuff last night because you know me, I find the political stuff to be fascinating. I watched a lot of that. I watched what ended up being a really compelling Thunder Blazers game. And um, yeah, and then I went to bed at a reasonable hour and slept till 6.20. I feel we'll do some political stuff as we get moving because there's plenty to talk about over the course of the months ahead. I I feel a little cheated because you and I are both the very same way. We love campaigns and strategy and there's just none. Like we get no primary season at all. Like I love primary season. I I might like primary season more than general election season for a couple different reasons. And I like just that political part of my brain that likes the strategy and the campaigns and everything like that. I, I feel a massive letdown, even beyond the fact that we have two geriatrics running the country here in a few months. Yeah, it's it's. I was thinking about it last night, and this isn't getting political at all. It's just I'm kind of the same way as you. You know, people were comparing this New Hampshire primary versus other New Hampshire no. primary, and it's totally different because in the past you've had real races. Yeah. You, four or five candidates that are still in the race. And, you know, Bill Clinton finished second and that made him the comeback kid. And he went on to become president. Yeah. Uh, you know, even back to 68, when I think it was, I can't remember which candidate it was, one in New Hampshire and basically Lyndon Johnson decided that, hey, I'm done. I, I, I can't win. I, the embarrassment of being the sitting president and not getting the nomination was something he couldn't handle, obviously. And so he stepped down and you see that throughout, throughout time, going back to, uh, to Trump's performance in 2016, which was the first big shocker of, oh my God, this guy might actually get the nomination. Mm -hmm. Um, and now what you had yesterday was this two person race in a, in an interesting state because New Hampshire has a lot of, uh, independence and you can register if you're a, Democrat, you can still register to vote in the Republican primary. And so there was a lot of that. So you knew that Haley, who's kind of an independent, uh, you knew that she would get some traction. You just didn't know how much, but she ends up losing by what, about 11 points? Uh, 54-45 was last I saw. Okay. Yeah. I thought I saw this morning it was like 11. Sure. Whatever. Maybe whatever. whatever. She, she lost and she really has no path to the nomination as long as Trump's in the race. And so here we are on January, that was today, 24th. And we're really, unless there's some shocking development, which is possible. I mean, you read like the, I read the wall street journal editorial this morning about Haley should stay in the race because Trump's old and because Trump's got these legal issues. And you're like, what are you guys saying? But anyway, it, I kind of agree with that, though, because you're the de facto candidate. Again, we're getting off this, but like you're the de facto candidate if, so, if something goes screwy, and who's going to say something doesn't go screwy in 2024? So, I mean, 
it's your one shot to potentially be in the race or win the presidency. So why not? Like, what the heck? Yeah. What's the difference? It, it is it is interesting because it, it, I promise we'll get off of it. This is not partisan politi- political talk. They are both old men. Yeah. I mean, they're they're both old men. And and so the the the. And, it, you know, I mean, Trump's got the legal stuff. Uh, Biden's got clearly has issues, cognitive issues. There's no, no way around that. Trump showed some old man signs the other day on the stump, confusing Haley with Pelosi. Um, maybe maybe that is the incentive, but, like, I can't remember who it was. I kind of flipped around, as I like to do on political nights, and someone made the comment that you're – your campaign is viable for as long as there's money in your campaign. Yeah, that at the end of the day, it is about money. And when the when the donors who are donating, who are fueling your campaign, when they reach the conclusion uh, that this horse can't win, mm-hmm. they stop. They stop feeding the horse. The campaign ends. You know, yeah. and it's it's so. I mean, it's one thing for Haley to say she's going to stay in and all the way to June or July. It's another thing to actually do that with, let's say she loses by double digits in her home state. And you're just spending, and she's and she's down 30, by the way, in South Carolina right now. You know, so at that point, it's not really about what she wants. It's about what her donors want. And then on the other side, people do the thing about, you know, what might happen with Biden. And the truth is, I mean, we're about to enter the cycle where Biden's going to get, going to get all the delegates. So you'll, you'll have a, if you ever wanted to change midstream, it would be complicated. Yeah. Uh, again, more on that as we go. I just like that was last night was going through my mind was damn, like there's nothing, like there's no drama at all. There's nothing to even talk about. It just is what it is. We're going to have these two people and we'll move on to uh, the general election season for, uh, for that. Uh, kids back in school, people have been asking about local stuff, at least city schools. They went back today. I think uh, Lafayette County's out one more day today uh, because of several areas in the county that still have ice and different things but the, the rain yesterday completely knocked out everything around here it's 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 now it's coming a monsoon and we might need an arc tomorrow but as far as the ice it is uh it is pretty much gone at this uh, if i were point. a parent of a lafayette student i would be livid right now like <laughs> I, i'd have real i'd have real <laughs> oxford's back thank god um i've I've probably never seen a kid so excited to go back to school. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was wild. Yeah, so the, back to normal a little bit today for uh, for that. As I mentioned, the opening almost in Arkansas tonight from the Pavilion, eight o'clock for that. The Razorbacks coming into the season, a team that had postseason success, postseason experience. Musselman had done a great job building teams, uh, as you have to do in college basketball, more than necessarily programs. And it has been somewhat of a disaster at this point. Arkansas, Arkansas is ten and eight overall um, in the SEC. They have uh, started one and four in the league, as I'm reading here. They get blown out at home against Auburn to open the season. They uh, lose in Athens to Georgia by ten. Florida just rails them in Gainesville. They do beat Texas A&M at home, and uh, what was almost Wade Taylor coming back by himself there with the uh, with the Aggies. And then uh, South Carolina in Fayetteville uh, routed them as well, 77-64 in their last uh, last meeting. They got Kentucky up next on Saturday. 
back in Fayetteville, but Ole Miss tonight. I mean, yes, we said Ole Miss two and three. They're coming into this interesting four game stretch that I think you've got to be three and one because you have home games. You have home games against uh, Arkansas tonight, Auburn next next week in the midweek, Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know which day. And then Mississippi State there on Saturday. Tough games, really, really tough games. But I think almost must-win games sandwiched around a trip to College Station on Saturday, and that definitely begins tonight with Musselman and the Razorbacks coming to town. Ole Miss a 68% favorite tonight uh, per Ken Palm in this one. Arkansas right now sitting uh, Ken Palm-wise right at 100. They are 100 on the nose. Yeah, so they've had a lot of issues. Uh, You know, they're coming off of three seasons – where they've made NCAA tournament runs, two Elite Eights, a Sweet 16, kind of always putting rosters together the way that this is kind of his, Musselman, this is sort of his strong suit, is putting rosters together in this in this manner. And this this team has just not gelled. Um, they've had, there's a lot of rumblings about internal issues that are NIL related. It's one of the reasons that like when we, on the message board sometimes when Ole Miss doesn't get a kid or it looks like Ole Miss might not get a kid in football and that, that you, you'll, some people you, you'll be like, just pay them. Just pay them doesn't work in human form. It would work if you were robots, but it doesn't work for people because people get the feelings hurt. Next thing you know, you have, you have chemistry issues and stuff's going on. And I think that's befallen them there. And then the other thing that I think has happened with them is I believe that up until the day that they didn't get him, they believed that they were going to get uh, Ron Holland, who was the top player in the country, out of Texas, had visited Arkansas, had, had told some people that he was going to commit to Arkansas. I think Musselman thought they were getting him until the G League made uh, G League Ignite made a massive offer that Arkansas couldn't or didn't or wouldn't match or whatever, and then you kind of had a void. And then the other thing that's happened with them is I think they thought that Trevon Brazil, who last season before his ACL injury, a lot of people thought he was playing his way into the first round, maybe the top half of the first round of the NBA draft. He tears his ACL in like late November, early December. Um, and he's just not the same player right now. He's, he's not a particularly effective player. Um, they don't shoot the ball well. They don't rebound the ball well. Uh, they're not particularly good in the post. This is a game for Ole Miss that is, I said this the other day, I'll, I'll say it again. To, to me, it's beyond a shadow of a doubt. This is a must-win game. If you're Ole Miss today and at the end of this day, you're two and four in the league, I don't see a path to 10 and eight. Um, not, not as good as the league is. Like you watched South Carolina last night against Kentucky. It's time to stop talking about South Carolina like they're plucky. No, they're good. They're good. Um, you you have if if you're going to get to ten wins, one of those wins must come tonight against Arkansas because at Texas A and M is going. It's winnable, but it's going to be difficult. And then next week, Auburn. Auburn's elite. Beating Auburn, I don't care. If- Even in your home, you better pack a lunch. It's going to be a night, a big lunch. Yeah, and it and it better. Yeah, and you better you better be you better be ready to play the your your game. You have to play your A game at home with any chance to beat them. And then 
you know about the rivalry. I'm of the opinion that Ole Miss State ought to just skip the two games, go one and one, and call it a <laughs> it's just, it happens every year. Give them both the home games, and let's just move on with our day. It's all so, good. You know, so there, there's a path, but the path absolutely includes a win tonight. If you if you don't beat Arkansas tonight, I, I don't. I don't real. I don't. I, I don't think the tournament any longer is a realistic conversation. And I shouldn't say that because in the event that they lose, we're still got to talk about it. But being realistic, if you win tonight, you're three and three. And if you can get to nine and nine, ten and eight, you're you're going to go to Nashville with the chance to get in. But to do that, you 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 have to win. You have to win your winnable games at home. And this is an eminently winnable game for Ole Miss. These next 10 days, just completely critical to that. Grind with a hot take in the stream here. I'm just not sold on the top of the league. I don't think any SEC team gets past the Sweet 16. I think you got three or four chances for that. I think Kentucky, Tennessee, Auburn, and Alabama are all very capable of that. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure that I disagree with Grind. Um, And here's why. Like, Kentucky, what they did last night is exactly why people just don't jump on the people that aren't Kentucky fans don't jump on that wagon and go here we go it's a complicated thing but Cal has the has underachieved in Lexington yeah there's no doubt Chase they have three NBA lottery picks on that team but I'm almost to the point where I think maybe they're playing an archaic system maybe they're easy to scout maybe something's up with them and you know you're gonna if you're Kentucky you're gonna get everybody's A game because you're you're Kentucky, but they're more talented than South Carolina, and that game wasn't close. Got run out of the gym, and I've got it right here, seventy nine sixty two in Columbia there at the Colonial Center last night. Uh, up eight at the break, just crushed them in the second half. Won that one by ten. Uh, Mitchell for Kentucky at thirteen. Cooper for South Carolina has twenty and six. Uh, just just a mauling. Uh, Cal, after the game, talking about how it probably gave opponents in the future a, a, a blueprint that they got kind of roughed up. South Carolina defensively was able to bully them a little bit. They didn't play physical basketball. Um, it, was a, it was a mess for Kentucky last night. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they've been kind of bragging about, talking about their elite offense and ability to score all over and how this was a Cal team that did all these different things and – it just when they got into kind of a gritty basketball game last night, everything went away. Georgia wasn't able to do that to them, so they were just hitting shots and flying around. It was in rough and all that stuff. But I mean, South Carolina really did kind of big body them last night. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're they're not going to play their tournament games in rough. They're going to have to they're going to have to be tougher than they are. And then you know, like now, I really like Auburn. Auburn, Auburn, the way that they beat people. It, it's not limited to just happening at Neville Arena. Now, I'll be fascinated to see what Auburn and Alabama look like tonight in Tuscaloosa. It's a big, big exam sort of for Auburn tonight. And Alabama, too. I think Bama's good. I don't think they're as good as they've been in the past, but they're good. He's done a really good job there. Oates has. I'm trying to get my knee in a comfortable spot, so I'm sorry for moving around. Um, And then... um. The other one's Tennessee, and I just think we're all inclined to be cautious about Tennessee in the tournament because that's what Hidari has told us. 
they always get to the tournament and they're they lose in the second round. That for what I think they're better this year than that, but I mean it's happened so much that I understand the cynicism. I mean, Calipari has not been to the Final Four in years. I mean, I'm looking that up right now because it's 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 a while. I mean, he he had a run there that was going really well and doing exactly what you should do with his recruiting ability, Kentucky, and the whole deal. And they don't suck or anything, but the expectations are higher than this. I mean, I'm pulling up his head coach record. Hold on, give me one second. Here is their last. So they went to the Elite Eight in night in 18 and 19, but outside of that. The, they got canceled, obviously, in 19 and 20. There was no tournament. And then after that, they missed the the, the entire thing, went 9 and 16, 8 and 9, finished 8th in the SEC, missed the Edsplay tournament. Then round of 64 is when they got beat by St. Peter's. And then round of 32 after that. And then they're currently 14 and 4, 4 and 2. But he has he doesn't have a final four. And I get that's hard to do. I understand it. I don't even know if that should be the requirement necessarily. That's up to other people to, to, to cipher. But he hasn't been to the Final Four since he had that undefeated team that lost to Kaminsky in Wisconsin in 2015. He's going on 10 years without a Final Four berth. I don't, I don't know whether it's fair or not, but that is the standard they're held to there. That, but you know, because of their recruiting, their program, everything, they are supposed to get to the Final Four. Yeah. Every, Kansas does. Like, I mean, Kalen DeBoer is not in five years isn't going to be able to say, well, you know, look, we've made a couple of playoffs. No, yeah. it worked. I mean, you know, we went to the Cap One Bowl. It was cool, fun. Uh, you know, what's realistic and what's what's what should be the expectations and what are the expectations are two different things at jobs like that. So I don't know. I mean, you get some teams. Look, I, I, I'm not ready to count Texas A&M out yet because Buzz's teams always seem to sort of get better as the year goes on. Um, I mean, Jalen Murray right now has more tournament wins than Cal over the last three years. No. I mean, there's what go around the league. There's probably coaches in the league that have more wins than Cal. Oh, it's on. You know, I mean, I don't know. The other game last night, by the way, uh, A&M, speaking of the Aggies, 63-57 over what has become a hapless Missouri team. Missouri now 8-11, in the uh, the SEC. I don't know what their Ken Palm their net is, but it can't be good. A&M now 3-3 in the SEC, 12-7. They're slightly above average, but nowhere near good right now. No, it's, again, going back to Ole Miss, it's why tonight's a must. Because if you win tonight, you have a realistic shot at that at, at a win there. And, God, if you could get to 4-3 and three and set up next week where, a, hey, a split works, 5-4 and four at the turn, you would take that all day long. Because um, beating Auburn and State is a really tall order. But if you had to just beat one of the two, and you could, if you got the two wins this week, you'd you, you'd be really happy with yourself. Yes, Tuplo Beard would take the uh, Kentucky job, uh, as would three hundred and thirty six other coaches in the country. Um, at, yes, at this at this juncture. Uh, yes. Oh God, yeah. You have the expectations, but you take the gig, and you go with it and see where it goes from there. Yes. 100%. I mean, and, and look, here is the thing: no matter what happens with the rest of the Ole Miss season. Chris Beard's name's going to come up for job openings. Everyone might as well just get used to that. Um, it's it's going to come up. The national there are national media types that really really like Beard, as they should. He's a very good coach. 
Uh, his name is going to come up for jobs. People still view the Ole Miss job as, I'm talking about national media people. They still view the Ole Miss job as, frankly, an impossible gig. And it will be that way until you prove that it's not. Um, so they're going to give him, his his name's going to come up for, man, like the Trilly Donovan guy, whoever that is. He's already put Beard's name up at uh, Louisville. It was Beard and Cronin and uh, Musselman and somebody else that he said, hey, these are the four people to watch at Louisville. Um, Because Louisville has to fire Kenny Payne. Come on. Yeah, they're going to fire Payne. They're going to have to do something different. Um, So Beard's name's going to pop up a lot. It just is. Whether Ole Miss goes 11-7 and into the tournament or whether they go 7-11 and and go to the NIT or, or nothing, Beard's name is going to come up, so you might as well just prepare yourself emotionally for that angst because it's coming. I know at one point Musselman got a little bit of NBA buzz. Is that a possibility for him, or is it all college at this point? I would think it's college at this point. Um, you know, he's pretty nomadic. He's been at Arkansas for a minute, um, and he's the type that doesn't really be, I mean, he does all the, the pressing of the flesh on campus and stuff and all that, but he's, he's a gym rat. It's interesting with him is that with, because his name's going to come up for some jobs and from a career standpoint, it probably is time for him to move on. Um, but his wife is really ingrained up there. She's super involved in the community, really likes it and all that stuff. So I, you know, who knows he's got, a son on the staff. He's got kids there. It's probably in a weird life station for him where it, it would, from a career standpoint, moving on from Arkansas probably would be wise. I think Musselman's like 58. No, I do. Uh, think that's, think that's about right. But, you know, from a life standpoint, they're pretty ingrained in Northwest Arkansas. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there, but he's, I mean, obviously his job security is is safe, but they've got to learn from what's happened this year because they've they've gone from having a lot of chemistry to having no chemistry in one year. And then last year with all the talent that they had on that team, they still kind of underachieved from a regular season standpoint. You know, they beat Kansas in the tournament in the second round that got them to the Sweet 16, and that sort of glossed over everything that happened you know that that team probably should have been better than it was and this team this team's fairly talented it just hasn't come together at all looking at tonight's games Arkansas at Ole Miss as mentioned that's ESPNU the TV for that Ole Miss is a six and a half point favorite from uh, Vegas in this one the over under 152 and a half so in the 70s there for a uh, projected total again six and a half for Ole Miss in this one LSU's at Georgia tonight Two teams with over 500 SEC records. LSU 11-7, 3-2. Georgia 13-5, 3-2. and 5-30 SEC Network. Georgia a three-and-a-half point favorite at home against the uh, the Tigers tonight. Two coaches that have done a nice job, McMahon and Mike White. Yep. They're at those uh, respective jobs. The uh, the game of the night, definitely. Auburn is at Alabama tonight. The uh, the number eight Tigers 16-2, 5-0. The Tide 12-6, 4-1.
Is this when we do the Iron Bowl presentation thing? Uh, yeah. Because you do it at the home team that won, right? Right. Okay. It's always a little angst filled, so I enjoy the videos from that. I always, I always enjoy the the whatever like what's the trophy called? I can't remember. It has a C in it. Grind. What's the trophy? Order. I keep wanting to say Commander in Chief, but that's not correct. Will Saban be there to to accept the trophy? I doubt it. Will they give it to like the student body presidents or something? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was the petty one a few years ago that I really enjoyed when I guess Auburn had won the SEC and had like the SEC pin on and then the Alabama person had the college football playoff pin yeah. on. <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> and then uh, the other game tonight, 7.30, Mississippi State is at Florida. Uh, the Bulldogs 2-3 and three in the SEC, a winnable game in Gainesville, Florida. 12 and 6, 2 and 3 in the SEC as well. Florida, three and a half point favorites. Uh, might like stay on the road a little bit if you're going to give me three to hook. Yeah. And Florida still has pretty favorable net ratings and stuff. If they can string some wins together, they're okay. Uh, like the computers like Florida. Gron said the sportsmanship trophy. Well, if nothing fits more than that. And then uh, says uh, Kalen DeBoer will be announced tonight as well. So, uh, oh well, going to be a party in Tuscaloosa tonight. How fun! How fun that will be. Good for everybody. Do you, do you like the Tide minus three and a half? Uh, I, I think Auburn's clearly better than them. Um, and here's the uh, home teams and whatnot. Home teams and whatnot, and Auburn's guards are small. So how does the officiating do, – do they let them play? Do they let them get physical? If they do, I kind of like Bama. If they call a chippy game, every little touch is a foul, I kind of like Auburn. It could go either way. I wouldn't I wouldn't put real money on that game because you get the emotions and two really good coaches, man. Two really, really good coaches. Two guys who are intense. If you're an official, you at the end of tonight – you get in the little van to go back to the hotel or whatever, and you probably need a, a glass of something because yeah, Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl are going to work you all night long. Yeah. I uh, I saw where uh, Oxford native Brad Freeman is the back judge for the Super Bowl. Um, Steve Freeman did Super Bowl 48, I think, and then uh, Brad, the uh, the back judge for this one. Uh, the the head referee for the Super Bowl was my favorite guy from the uh, the St. Rams game back in the day. I did see that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad incompetence is being rewarded award, rewarded at this point. I I did see Jeff Duncan said a few weeks ago, and I mean it's not something I keep up with. None of the seven officials from that game have called a Saints game since then. They have all been banned by the league from calling Saints games. But this guy's going to call the, the the Super Bowl. Yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's like when MLB does this crap. Like, there's that Twitter account that grades the umpires after every game and does the whole yeah. thing, and then he'll show the crew for the World Series, and it's like the 28th ranked guy, and the 57th ranked guy. It's like, why are we not just picking out the top six and rewarded them and getting the best umpires at the same time? Like, is is this really that complicated? I, I'm, I'm got a reward, senior. I God. That's good for Brad, though. That's really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You're right. Yeah. You see Brad at 
uh, Ole Miss practices a lot, like in mm-hmm. the spring or in August or whatnot. Yeah. And because he's a, lives in Oxford, he can't call Ole Miss games. So you'll see him work, and he's really, really good. Uh, what is the, but when he was at SEC, what is the rule? Is it, is it home, is it hometown and alma mater? I think so. Is that right? I think so. Okay. You know, it's a pretty light night, uh, in sports when the, uh, the two things the athletic says are the games of the night are NHL hurricanes at Bruins and soccer, uh, Bayern Munich and Union Berlin today. I'm surprised they're not talking about Thunder uh, Spurs seriously because you have Wimbanyama and, and Holmgren playing against each other again. Oh, that's true. I'm surprised that's not a highlighted deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Spurs aren't winning, but Wimbanyama's putting up remarkable numbers. And then the Thunder are winning. Holmgren's numbers are not as gaudy as Wimbanyama's, but he plays a different role. And um, the Thunder, as of today, are tied for the best record in the West. So it's... It, the whole rookie of the year thing is pretty fascinating to me. I'm surprised that the athletic didn't pick up on that. Um, where are you standing? It was what the athletic did in their poll today on the fumble through the end zone. Are you good with the rule? Yeah, I'm good with the rule. You like it? Even being that level of punitive? Yeah. I mean, you, it makes it where you you can't fumble and you, you can't fumble it. You just can't turn the ball over. I don't hate it because the rules in general are so geared toward the offense that it gives the defense something. Yeah. Everything else is geared towards scoring and, and the offense having game control. Well, because if you if you make it where if the ball goes through the end zone, the offense keeps the ball at the one or whatnot. Well, now there's no, there's no reason to not, like when you're headed towards the corner, to just stick the ball out as willy-nilly as possible. Oh, just die from anywhere. Yeah, and because what's the punishment? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with seasonal blues. The holidays can be stressful, can conjure up some sadness. In other words, this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, to give you the tools to manage everything going on. I've benefited from therapy. It was good. It was a work for me. It was good work for me to talk through some feelings with a professional, walk away with a new perspective. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries that empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H-E-L-P. BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash M-P-W. Podcast brought to you in part by G&M Pharmacy and Tyson Drugs there in Holly Springs. G&M in Oxford, Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. They've got their uh, high-dose flu shots for patients over 65 years old or uh, anyone that needs that level of protection. Flu obviously going around big time right now. So you can, uh, you can get that. You can also get the RSV vaccine they have in uh, stock as well at both locations, Holly Springs and Oxford, and they make it easy 
It lets you schedule your appointments for your vaccines. Come in, get them, be on your way. That's 662 to schedule. 662-236-2222 for GNM in Oxford or 662-252-2321 for Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. Podcast also brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. You've got uh, 2024 football season tickets available now. That's for new and renew tickets. Take advantage of that. Go ahead and get on with it. The excitement is only going to increase prior to the 2024 season. Also, men's and women's basketball. They start conference play this week. you got SEC mini plans and single-game tickets still available. That is for uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. And then uh, we tell you about multiple campaigns going on right now, the Champions Now campaign. That's the big capital campaign from the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. You've got Forever Ole Miss if you're looking into state, uh, state planning, Ball Society, Empower, a lot of different ways to uh, do philanthropic giving there with the foundation. Also, a reminder, the women's and women's tennis teams have upcoming matches at home later this month. Tickets not required for that. And then, obviously, Morgan Wallen tickets still available. All those things, OleMissTicks.com. We've been telling you that Prime Shrimp is giving away free, free shrimp for the entire year to one lucky rebel. Here's how to enter. You go to promshrimp.com slash MPW. You place any order, any order at all. Use promo code JUICE. Take 20% off your order and be entered to win. You can place additional entries by posting your shrimp on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with hashtag PrimeShrimp. Hashtag MPW winners will be chosen on January 31st. So get that orders in. And then also the podcast brought to you by NE Spark. NE Spark is a service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 MBPS, or the Blaze. The one gig, it powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So, again, get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. Robert Mays, uh, the sports writer, he uh, he gave a couple thoughts yesterday. He said, if you fumble through the end zone, maybe it doesn't need a turnover, but make the consequences sting. Either a 10-yard penalty for any fumble out of bounds anywhere on the field or an automatic placement at the 20-yard line after a fumble out of bounds. I, look, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over this. I, no, I, don't no, have, sure. I don't have like strong emotional feelings on this. At sure. All. But I think if you fumble the ball through the end zone, it should be a turnover. Okay. I mean, I think I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on that camp. I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure. Like you said, I mean, everything is favors the offense. I mean, at some point, you got to give the defense a, 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 a carrot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Speaking of the NFL, see these ratings? Yeah, I saw them. I saw them. I mean, all hail the king. If anything, they are getting bigger as time has gone on compared to uh, to everything else. By the way, we're not uh, sidetracking the Netflix uh, WWE thing. We'll discuss that with Jeffrey tomorrow. So just heads up if anybody yes. thinks that I'm, I'm avoiding that, that news. I am not. I'm simply postponing it for a day. Chiefs and Bills average audience of 50.393 million for a divisional round playoff game. It's unbelievable. It is... Uh, Obviously, the most watched divisional game in NFL history. Uh, it also topped the average viewership for every NFC championship game played off after uh, over the past five years. It peaked with fifty six point two five million at one point in the uh, in the second half. Obviously, everything that went around with uh, went that game. It is the uh, most watched program on any network since Super Bowl back in February. At the uh, the same time, but it wasn't alone. The Ravens and the Texans they got a thirty one point eight, which made it the most watched NFL game in ESPN's history. The All Sports Network has been airing NFL games since nineteen eighty seven. It was also the early game on Saturday, which generally registers the lowest viewing number of the weekend. The Packers and the Forty ers on Fox did thirty seven and a half million. That makes it the most watched Saturday telecast on any network since the Winter Olympics in nineteen ninety four kicked off at 7:15 central 8:15 eastern by the way on that one is that was that lily hammer is that 94 winter olympics is that is that correct that sounds good it's not <laughs> i give you credit okay. good for you i think that's right i think that was lily hammer um and then the lions 31 23 over the bucks nbc uh let's see average audience of 40.4 giving it second place on the weekend, made it the most watched divisional round playoff game on NBC since 1994. Uh, okay, so what what are we? Obviously, some some people that will try to poke holes in this, and I just for the the sake of the of the conversation, trying to poke a hole in it, will say, "Well, the Buffalo game, you get the Taylor Swift thing." Okay, but you don't get Taylor Swift with Detroit Tampa Bay. Detroit, Tampa Bay, 40 and a half million. Tampa Bay at Detroit, 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern on a Sunday afternoon. Now, I realize you're not going up against much of anything. You got an NBA game on. I don't care. You never are. I mean, what numbers are they going to pull this weekend? My God. I mean, it's why when people say, you know, College football needs to be really careful about this Big Ten SEC model. And I'm like, no, they really shouldn't. They probably ought to emulate it. That's where the money is. 
all hell the 30 teams and we're playing a league. Yeah. 32 teams, 36 teams. Yeah, whatever, 40 teams. But basically there's two leagues, two leagues play, and then you – I mean, this – the you the numbers are undeniable. I mean, Major League Baseball, the uh, the NBA, uh, no matter how compelling their matchups are, they don't even come close to these numbers. Um, the I mean, most be- watched sports telecast since the 94 Olympics – It, it it's it's really kind of mind-boggling i mean it, it's it's why the owners just give goodell here's the stay here's more money i mean we're but they're the king i mean look we will play on whatever day we like we don't care what you think think about it next week people will tune in in, in real numbers to watch a bunch of dudes practice in mobile mm-hmm and then we will we'll launch into after the Super Bowl, no matter who which of these four teams wins it, we will launch into essentially two and a half months of draft coverage, and people will be like, I don't, I don't understand why. Well, the reason they do it, the reason I mean, if you're ESPN and someone says, why do you guys spend so much time on the draft? They just point at these numbers because this is all anybody cares about, and people will, you get massive numbers for pro days. So, I mean, the college football, especially the major college football, SEC, Big Ten, is the only thing that has a chance to model the NFL a little bit. And at this point, you're foolish if you don't. Uh, Michigan-Alabama pulled in 27.2, which was the third most ever for college football. They peaked at 32.8. So, really good numbers. Damn good numbers. Would beat anything that isn't the NFL. Yeah. But not the NFL. But I mean, it's the only sport that has a chance to even get into the NFL's atmosphere. So you might as well. I would embrace the mini NFL thing. I, I think I would. You know, it's it's what people want now. The numbers prove it. The numbers prove it. It's the only thing people are willing to schedule their day around for linear TV. That's it. We watch everything else on streaming or recorded or Hulu or whatever. Well, it's the only thing we watch on linear TV. Literally, literally with young people under the age of 30. It's it's the only thing that they schedule. No, it's about the only thing I watch on linear TV. Like, I, I really don't mean... I, I Look, I turned on golf on Sunday... Maybe it's anyone under the age of 40. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I'm probably on the top scale of that, but I, I turned on golf on Sunday to see to see if Nick Dunlap could win, the amateur, because I'm a golf guy, first time since 91 and all that stuff. I turned that on, and I'll turn on a lot of golf over the course of the year. I do that. Yeah. But outside of that, it's college football and the NFL and a little baseball. And that's it, dude. Like, I am, I am watching a show that I am streaming. I am... Even when I go to like Amazon, like Hulu to go to my live TV, I go to the categories and just flip through the categories to see the movies that are on. I'm not just going channel surfing down the list. I'm going to choose something I've already basically chosen. I mean, I'm the same way and I'm old. Other than like, what do I watch other than NBA, Major League Baseball, college football, 
some college sports other than sports what do i what is scheduled program nothing yeah, you'll turn the Food Network on, but you're not turning it on at 9 o'clock because this is on. There's a difference. No, there's no more appointment viewing. And, and and frankly, like, for me, you know, I used to, like, there used to be some of that with, like, Food Network. But now I can go stream it later. If I want to watch Iron Chef America, I've got Fubo, Fubo or whatever. I can go onto there and search it up, and I can watch all the Iron Chef America that I want to watch on a random Tuesday. Just till I'm... Our, you can pick your competitors. I want Cat Cora today. I can go get Cat Cora. I want to see Masamura Madam, whatever his name is. Yeah. I want to see that dude go up against this guy. Okay. It's right there. I want to just watch Bobby Flay. I can do that. It, it, it's, there is no, it's why, it's why Fox News, I mean, we started politically. I'll, I'll say this politically, then I'll move on from it. It's why Fox News made such a colossal mistake taking Tucker Carlson off the air because there was a segment of people that seven o'clock each night, Tucker Carlson was appointment viewing. And it was an older segment. It wasn't that 20 somethings weren't doing that, but mm-hmm. 50 somethings and 60 somethings and 70 somethings they were. And now you, there's just nothing. There's nothing that's on. I couldn't even, if you were to start and I'm the worst about this, cause I'm not great with pop culture stuff, but if you were to start quizzing me on, Hey, Name a network TV show. I'd be like to Chase. I, I mean, I guess I'd say like, well, American Idol. Yeah, is Grey's Anatomy still on? Okay, the dancing, like, the dancing show. You get some of that, but well, because even those shows, if I watch them, I, I can tell you where I stream them, not what channel they're on. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, I might watch one or two of them, but I'm not going. Hey, seven o'clock on Tuesday, CBS. Woo. But, it, you know, that's what makes these numbers, though, it is more, even more remarkable because it makes somebody do something they don't typically do. Well, I mean, you get a number like that, you're hitting in all the different demographics. So you are getting 20 somethings who just don't do that. You are getting them to go to the CBS or whatever stream at two o'clock to watch a specific game. When and you, you know, when you get numbers that big, you're, you're, you're dancing in all of the demographics. Oh, you're hitting everything. I mean, even beyond the the Chiefs Bills, which was the perfect combination of everything off field and the stands, and it being the most compelling game and all that stuff and the best game and whatever. Yeah. Um, but I watched every snap of that game. I, I think, and it led me to a thought. Um, you got a, you got a mailbag question about. Taylor Swift, yesterday, you answered. Yep. Uh, I'm going to read it because I, I, I have a, I have two thoughts on it. From Hill Reps, as a dad that understands the importance of connecting with daughters, why do you have such a gripe with the Kelsey T. Swift thing? I get Chiefs fatigue, but dads and daughters all over the country now have a common interest. It's a fair question. It's a valid question. And it's true in a lot of places. But, you know, I watched that game in... I was kind of on the other, you know, for a lot of the season when she showed up at games, I thought it was oversaturated. I thought we made it completely the program. I actually, Sunday, did not think they overdid it necessarily relative to what was going on. I thought they flashed when Kelsey did something. You had Jason Kelsey doing his thing, which added to the shenanigans, if you will. As I was sort of watching it, I said, I don't blame the network 
for a couple different reasons. I don't think it was overly excessive, and for whatever you want to make of it, whether you like it, don't like it, not you, just in general, uh, it's, she's one of the top, we'll just say top three for the hell of it, because I don't want to get into an argument with semantics, pop culture celebrities in the world. She's literally the Beatles for 2024, um, in every way. If the Beatles were at games and we had this type of mass consumption, they would be showed the entire time. And look, maybe it is fake. Maybe it's an agenda. I don't know. But the numbers are bearing that they're doing the right thing by showing it. That is my point. Is their job is to get the numbers they just got. But I don't think it's the networks. Because I, what I've noticed is that I don't think I'm in some crazy Kelsey Taylor Swift algor- algorithm. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I will occasionally watch some clips from the New Heights podcast on YouTube if I stumble across them and like the topic. But... I'm not downloading it. I'm not actively, directly viewing anything to do with the Taylor Swift, Kelsey dynamic. I'm still being inundated with it. If I'm on Facebook, those promotional posts have something to do with Kelsey or T-Swift or the Chiefs 80% of the time. If I'm on YouTube, I'm getting these clips nonstop. I think that we're, because of what we said, the fact that we're so internet-based in our consumption with streaming and YouTube and, and that type of environment, we're getting it so many places that we're already overloaded by the time we then get it on network television and go, oh my God, even here when I'm just trying to watch football. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think we're just getting it everywhere. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. My answer, the, the, that question sort of changed the way I view it. I, my girls are not into pro football or any football or anything involving a ball. So it just doesn't, like, if the girls were younger, I tried to tell, I tried to ask myself, like, let's say Campbell and Caroline were 12 and 14. Would I be able to go, hey, this is Taylor Swift's boyfriend on this team. And look, yeah. would that have pulled them in? Maybe. I don't know. They're older. And maybe it's not pulling them into an NFL fan. It's just pulling them into 10 minutes of. But it's like Caroline, we do the show with Greg and she can talk about the Kelsey's because now she liked the documentary about Jason Kelsey. And she obviously like you, you say that about Taylor Swift being the Beatles. And I get that you're not wanting to have the argument. And I don't need, I'm the wrong person for this, but who the hell's bigger than her? I mean, it, from an American standpoint, is it literally Beyonce and Taylor Swift? I mean, I'm asking the stream. If I'm wrong, tell me. But that's what I would say. I mean, I I would if I mean if you're asking me, and look, I mean, I'm 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 old man and all that stuff. I get it, but fairly aware of what's happening. The only person that's even in her realm in terms of draw is Beyonce, right? I think so. Again, could be missing somebody, but that would be my guess. So, I mean, if I'm the NFL, the matchup that I'm hoping for in two weeks is Chiefs-Lions. You get all these guys that watched HBO and like kind of like, you know, they love that show, and I love that show. I just got finished with the Dolphins season, and it was great. Um, The Lions season was awesome, and I, that's the game I want. Grime with the thought that people are thinking, and I think this is relevant. He said it's a conspiracy attached. Dude has COVID commercials, hooks up with the biggest star in music, even though he's never dated women like her. People like authentic. It doesn't feel real. I bet that was that. definitely the thought early. I get it. 
doesn't there come off to be a certain amount of time passing where more people just believe there is some authenticity to it? Um, I think for people like me who are cynical, it will have to still be going like this summer when the season's over, when it's not drawing. That he's really flying around the world and we're getting the pictures from he's in Berlin and Asia while she's on tour and he's following her. Yeah. Because that's been one of the big news stories or what, not big news stories, but whatever. It's what I've come across the last few weeks of, hey, she's doing this this season, but she's going back on tour in a couple of weeks. And then he's got, you know, basically he's got to get on a plane then. Okay, then get on a plane and I'll start going, sure, cool. Because look, the fact that this started right about the same time that that Pfizer commercial came out. And the country is pretty, the country's pretty Pfizer skeptical right now. I don't think that's. Sure. I don't think that's a tremendously political comment to make. And Travis Kelsey doesn't strike you as the type. I, mean, I could be wrong. I'm just stereotyping here. But Travis Kelsey doesn't strike you as the type that raced to get the booster shot the moment it was available. And so it does feel, I'm not saying it's not genuine, but it does feel sort of contrived. And it's, it, it's, it's what, that's what's funny about it. It's actually become more of a, it's become more of a Kelsey oversaturation than even Taylor Swift. I mean, just from a straight consumption standpoint, Jason Kelsey's curating over the last year of becoming this worldwide known dude who is just sort of a guy's guy who plays center for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like it is, it is remarkable from a media well, let's, let's, let's be let's be real for a minute. If you or I went to a football game in a luxury box and just slammed beers for three and a half hours, took off our shirt, jumped into the crowd, everyone would go, "What an asshole!" Yeah. Jason Kelsey does it, and everybody goes, "Isn't he adorable?" <laughs> He was a finalist for Sexiest Man Alive. I mean, I'm fine with it, right? I mean, whatever. I mean, hey, if you want to go to a 12-degree game and slam so many beers that you're ripping your shirt off in the in the, in the luxury suite, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm, yeah, whatever. You know me well. I mean, I'm like, whatever. Live and let live. But come on. The fact that so many people are like, isn't that just so cute? Isn't it adorable? It's like... Are, are you serious? But yeah, no, the, the whole thing has, they've raised all ships. They have done one hell of a job with the podcast and the whole yeah. deal. I mean. Yeah, their podcast is good. I'll, I'll listen to it. It is. It's legitimately good. They get, they give you a really good real-time look at a lot of things that are going on with them in the NFL. And they have a great dynamic. They, they're they very close. Yeah, it, it worked out incredibly well for them last year where they launched the podcast and it was a year that both of their teams went to the Super Bowl and the game was great and the, the their mom was a big part of it and all that stuff and they really let you in and then the documentary uh a lot of especially a lot of women really love Jason Kelsey's wife she comes across as an incredibly authentic person and um you know and now he's he talked openly about retirement and on the episode that got taped for this week, he breaks down talking about it, and Travis cries because football's been such a big part of their lives. And you know, he's 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 leaving football because he wants to be able to have his faculties and as much of his body as he can to 
be around his his uh, his little girls as they grow up. But so it's very real. And then you have the Taylor Swift part of it, which is completely just certain. Taylor Swift's like Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just this star who, frankly, transcends the NFL. But it's just risen all boats. It's it's remarkable. And if I'm the NFL, <laughs> if I, I I mean if I'm the NFL, I do not want the Chiefs to lose Sunday. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you're. I think you're right. It, it's Lions Chiefs, right? I think ultimate underdog against the popular evil empire, if you will. So many stories that you can appeal to so many different demographics. You probably will break the record if you have Lions Chiefs. I'm for the Lions. On where's the Super Bowl? Phoenix. Ooh. Why do I not know this? No, it's in Vegas. It's in Vegas. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Paradise, Nevada. Yep. That's correct. God, what a week. Dan Usher, halftime show. <laughs> Taylor Swift, Dan Campbell, Lions, Chiefs. Like I mean, Patrick Mahomes might be the greatest quarterback ever. And in that game, he's like story number seven. Yeah, him breaking all this stuff at 29 years old or whatever he is, and it's just not even one of the things. Why do we not make that a national holiday? Why don't we just call it what it is? It is Americana. It is It is the one thing. I mean, it. the Super Bowl like literally erases all the divides, male, female, Racial, demographic, money, political. Because you're watching for different stuff, but you're still watching. Everybody watches for different stuff, right? Even the people who just watch for the commercials and the halftime show, they still watch. I mean, there's been movement toward that. Isn't that the ultimate America thing? Yeah. I mean, why don't why not just make it a damn holiday? Just give everybody Monday off. Just own own it for what it is. Give everybody Monday off and let Monday be National Hangover Day. National Hangover Day? Or National Recovery Day or Day of American Celebration. Or We do at least start at the right time. It's like 5.15 or 5.18 Central or whatever it is. I mean, it's the one day. It's the only, like. Look, I'm 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 the best example of this. I don't watch all the college football pregame shows. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl pregame show comes on three and a half hours early. I'm turning it on. I'm not necessarily watching it, but it's on. I'm lighting the grill and doing all that stuff. Everybody does that stuff. People have the massive parties, all that stuff. I mean, it's. But yeah, if I'm the NFL, I'm, I'm really wanting Lions Chiefs. Give me that, and I'm two weeks of. I don't even. I don't even have to hype it. Yesterday, uh, three players have made the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame: Jordy Jim Leland, who was already in, uh, announced prior to Fourth uh, Party yesterday; Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Todd Helton, the newest members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Billy Wagner fell just five votes short of the seventy-five percent threshold, so he'll obviously get in next year. But uh, those three. 
second ever SEC best baseball player to get in uh, with being Todd Helton. I'm, I'm assuming Frank Thomas is the first without just knowing it somewhere, but I would assume yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, no issues. All good with it. No, I find the entire thing kind of a boring topic because of the whole steroid, no steroid, everybody mad about something, but sure. Yeah, I mean, three of the best. No, nobody likes themselves more than a baseball writer. It's true. So, I mean, woo. But I'll give them credit. None of those guys are like, you don't think of any of the three of them as like superstars. They were all great baseball players. I mean, they were they were great. Mauer, Mauer was the best catcher in the game for basically a decade. Helton and Beltre were the best hitters in the game for basically a decade. I'm cool with that. Ginger, I guess talking about Super Bowl snacks, said my British friend said they used to have Super Bowl parties in the UK. Everyone had to bring American beer and snacks. I asked him what his favorite American snack is. He shrugged and his British accent said guacamole. So... <laughs> I mean, what, 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 our quintessential American Super Bowl food is wings, right? Yeah, I think so. Wings and, and everyone does the, the, uh, Rotel, their, their version of the Rotel. But you got to be careful because that's still like Mexican based queso in a way. Like, I understand what you're saying. We've Americanized it, but yeah. I think like strictly, hey, this is kind of ours. It has like the way a hamburger is what we've become our connotation. I think it's got to be. I think it's got to be buffalo wings. I think it's wings, beer, uh, probably burgers. But yeah, it's wings. I don't hate that question, Georgia Rebel. He goes, "Is Helton actually better than Mark Grace?" Coors Field helped his numbers. Ooh, Mark uh, Grace might be the better player. Oh, you think? Led Major League Baseball in doubles in the nineties. Yeah. I don't know that he was as good as Helton for as long as Helton was good. Sure. But Grace was really, really good. Grace Grace is punished by the steroid people. Mm -hmm. He's a great example of why so many people in baseball view the steroid thing as unforgivable. Because how different do people's numbers look if there were no steroids? And if you're Mark Grace, had you, and he did not, I believe him when he says he didn't. How different are his numbers if he juiced? Mm -hmm. uh, looking at it a little bit here, I was reading a story from ESPN about guys who are probably going to get in in the future. And Andrew Jones, first year on the ballot, he polled at just 7.3%. That went up to 61.6% uh, as more people are taking defense and analytics in and not punishing him for a lack of longevity when it comes to his baseball career so Andrew Jones probably the first year where you go hey he's he's probably getting in um Carlos Beltran got 57 percent in a uh, first year of the ballot which means he's going to get in at some point too, yeah no doubt yeah and he was he's a hall of fame player mm -hmm. I get mad at the people that get the hall of fame thing and they're like oh, is it the hall of fame or is it the hall of very good it's still shut up you know if you if that that sport's a brutal sport, if you were able to dominate that sport for a decade, you belong in the Hall of Fame. The one interesting, compelling thing with Billy Wagner is that next year is his last year of eligibility. So he's yeah. five votes short, but he'll probably get it though. 
God, that would like, I, look, that's a huge accomplishment for any player. Let's not act like it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. Going, it's going to be a nervous year because you, you're five freaking votes. You also get helped when you play for multiple teams. Because it's almost kind of like the Heisman Trophy. You start getting regionality to it a little bit. Yeah. Like the Braves were kind of touting him yesterday. David O'Brien and those guys were like really pushing for Wagner to get in. Is Billy from Mississippi? No, I don't know where Billy's from. I don't think. Are you thinking of Roy Oswalt? Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of Oswalt. He's from Mississippi. Uh, Billy Wagner is from Marion, Virginia. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I mean, he was a dominant reliever for a long time. Yeah, I don't have any problem with him getting in. No, I don't either. Beltre got on 95.1% of votes. By the way, this was not Beltran's first year on the ballot, but he is going to get in after getting 57 this year. Uh, Beltre, 95.1. Helton, 79.7. Maurer, 76.1. Wagner, 73.8. Gary Sheffield, 63.9. Andrew Jones, 61.6. Beltran, as mentioned, 57.1. Alex Rodriguez, 34. Manny, 32. Utley, 28. Vizquel, 17. Abreu, 14. Rollins, 14. And Andy Pettit, 13. To close the list. Alex Rodriguez isn't going to be a Hall of Famer. Wow. No. Wow. I mean, I mean, straight stats, dude. He was so good. People do the steroid thing, and you're like, I don't know. That guy was awesome. I, if I had a ballot, I would vote for Alex Rodriguez. I think I would, too. I think I would too, but then you get into the hypocrisy. Okay, well then why not Barry Bonds? Why not? It's what pisses me off about Bonds is that he was a no-doubt Hall of Famer prior to it. Yes. He's a 40-40 dude who was so elite prior to that part of his career. Just whatever. Uh, Will Rogers, by the way, staying at Washington. He's backed out of the portal, so he'll play with Jed Fish. They're uh, there for the Huskies. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, last thing, I know you got to go. Why did Milwaukee fire a coach yesterday? Uh, there were some warning signs with that team. Because um, Doc Rivers is replacing him, which is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Rivers had been uh, hired to be sort of a consultant to for the head coach. Um, he was a rookie head coach, Adrian Griffith. Um. They weren't playing particularly well on defense, and guys on that team were getting vocal. That's a veteran team. Um, there's a lot, a lot of ego there. I don't think he was doing a terrific job managing it, even though their record was pretty good. You would watch them play, and you would say. I, me, I've watched them a few times and gone, they're not beating Boston in a seven-game series. And Doc makes some sense. Doc has coached teams that have multiple stars and get them to play defense and some of that. And I don't know. It just I think that for that team, it's championship or bust. Certainly NBA Finals or bust. And I think their ownership probably was starting to go this isn't a team that's going to make the finals and if it doesn't make the finals we're doing this all wrong 
you've got a window right now in Milwaukee because you, you you made the deal for for Lillard and Middleton is healthy and Giannis is playing at an MVP level and you got to go for it. You don't have time to experiment. I, I think the Celtics are the best team in the NBA. Um, I would still pick them to win it. I think if I had to uh, to, to make a pick there, but you know the West. It's kind of weird to the point that I think if I were to throw in futures on something, I don't think this is a hot take. I think I'm putting them on the clips and the thunder. Clips. Thunder's young. So the thunder, which you don't know what the thunder, the thunder are really good. They're they're on pace to win 57, 58 games, which is makes you a contender. They're currently the one seed. They're tied with Minnesota for the one. But the way the Clippers are playing right now, should scare the hell out of everybody in the league. Because they figured out, at least for now, how to integrate. Think about this. Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Paul George. James Harden. And they've got Russell Westbrook playing really good basketball right now. Coming off the bench, all that stuff. Playing kind of unselfish basketball. Harden is playing selfish basketball because that's the only basketball he knows. But it, they're able to make it work with because Paul George is such a great player. And when he's healthy, Kawhi's still a top five player. Now, the problem with the Clippers is that it's always, when you have those guys, so many injury-prone guys, you are always just a knee away. Um, but right now, today... They're the team that I if you, if you told me to put some future money on, that's who I'd, I'd put it. Yeah, because look, I mean, the Nuggets winning would not be at all a surprise, but there's enough issues with the Wolves and the the, the Nuggets for me to go, eh, let's throw some money on the clips and see what happens. Yeah, oh, look, I mean, as a Thunder fan, that if you told me, hey, you you got a seven-game series, it's it's in the Western Conference Finals, it's, it's, it's going to either be Wolves, Nuggets, or Clippers, you get to eliminate one. I'm like, Clippers are gone. I'll take one. I'll take my chances against one of the other two. It's going to be really hard. Going to be a slog. And there's a decent chance that because of their size, they just overwhelm them. But I don't want to have to fool with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Like the Clippers the other day, I had them on, on Sunday. And they were playing uh, Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's not a good team. They have some good players, but they're not a good team. Brooklyn's a team that needs to make decisions about what they do at the trade deadline because they have, they could get a haul from Mikael Bridges, for example. But Brooklyn led that game the whole way, double-digit lead, into the fourth quarter, and the Clippers go on this like 22 to nothing run that happened like this. Just boom, 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 and they turned it up on defense and they could play in transition and and all the all the things that they do, they're a matchup nightmare and you're like they're scary. So you didn't hit that. There's still uh half the season remaining, frankly. Um at this point. Forty three games uh for the Thunder have been played, so right at forty to go. They're uh, in that one again. Celtics 34 and 10 to lead the East. They're up uh, three and a half on the Bucks and uh, four on the Sixers. And then, as Neil said, the uh, Bucks, I mean, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, same record, one game ahead of the Nuggets and uh, two ish ahead of the Clippers at this point, something like that. So, 
oh, the the West playoffs, when you throw in Dallas, Dallas occasionally is really good. And I mean, I, at some point, I, I keep waiting for the Lakers to make a run. It's, it hasn't happened yet. Utah's not a bad team. I mean, the the, the West is the West is going to be crazy in the playoffs. Yeah. So we will uh, dive a lot into this Netflix thing tomorrow. I think it has repercussions far beyond wrestling. It's not a wrestling conversation. It's a it's a sports and a streaming conversation. Several different topics with that. So we'll hit that tomorrow. Obviously, talk about whatever happens tonight at the Pavilion. Again, Ole Miss and Arkansas, 8 o'clock on ESPNU for that one. The Rebels, 2-3 and three in the SEC. They need this one to get back to 3-3 three and three against Musselman and the Hawks. So we'll have coverage of that at rebelgrove.com, whatever else coming out throughout the day. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.